Turn with me to Genesis 32. I want to teach you something very quickly, and then I believe the Lord wants to do some more of the work of his own demonstration of his kingdom and his spirit and power. But in Genesis 32, verse 1, we read about this last week. This was Jacob. I, I can't shake this, and I'm not planning to shake it, because what have we learned in Jacob? We'll review that real quickly. But I want to start with this first verse. So Jacob <coughs> went on his way, and the angels of God met him. Those of you who love prayer, those of you who are part of that part of God's heart that, touch, that he touches on the earth to, to call it forth the things he wants to get done, the word met is he in, angels interceded him. Intercession, intercede, comes from a Hebrew word, pagah. I'm going to just pull up my notes so I can refer to any of this. Pagah. I've been told by a dear friend uh, in Israel that the Hebrew word pagah, and I'll, I'll give you the definition, and you'll, I think you'll appreciate it. Let me just get to that folder. I should have done that, but... Whoa, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You know, when we were singing today about the, 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 the pouring out and the walls and barriers breaking and the waterfalls following. Do you know when Noah got in the ark and God closed the door and seven days passed and he said, okay, it's time. Rain start. Do you know what happened before the rain came? The fountains of the deep broke open. The, the deep fountains that we carry. That's why don't... Don't consider yourself past your prime. You're about to break open and let the river flow. Each of us can, or, you, or, or not. And I have some good news about how God encourages us to do it, and then I believe God wants to bring that. But in this um, paga, it's just, I just pull it out of the Strong's Concordance, and then I'll tell you what I've learned from a dear friend. Uh, so the angels met him. Intercession, the word paga, P-A-G-A in English, a primitive root to impinge. Impinging is an interesting thought because it, it can be both positive and negative. It's pushing something into something. It's intersecting. It's by accident or violence or by importunity. Remember the old English word, importunity? No he, no, he wouldn't get up for his friend, but because of the importunity of his neighbor. And a long time ago, I got, what in the world is importunity? I mean, it's persistence, yes, but God gave me a whisper, and he said, why don't you say it's important to me? <laughs> if it's important to you enough, you won't give up. You'll press to the other side. So, paga is a Hebrew word they use in Israel today, to refer to a terrorist act because it's a negative force of violence breaking into what would to be a place of peace and calm. But it's also the picture of heaven breaking in or Jesus, the great intercessor, breaking in. So intercession, we tend to think of as like that idea of someone's praying really hard, which is a big picture of that. But it isn't, it isn't when Jesus intercedes for us, he's not begging God to do something or he's not reminding God that his blood still works. He's intercepting or intersecting or interrupting my life so that he can bring my thoughts to his thoughts, my faith into his faith, my position to where he's positioned. He's interrupting me. Like, and so that he can intercept me uh, or intervene, an intervention. You ever had an intervention? Hopefully you haven't. But an intervention is when people who love you gather around you and tell you that we're stopping what you're doing and we're moving you to do something differently for your own good. We're intervening. Well, that's what we need Jesus to do. So here's the picture. <clears throat> He shows up, and the angels are meeting him. And he goes, this is like God's camp. This is like a double camp. This is like, and why wouldn't 
he'd come into the greatest crisis of his life because God wasn't bringing him back into his inheritance just to start over where he left off in the same troubles and struggles. He was wanting to bring him into his inheritance. He needed to be blessed. In order to get himself to that position of prayer, he needed to first be distressed. You know, they used to say that God causes his ministers to rise up to comfort the afflicted and sometimes to afflict the comfortable. Because sometimes we can just, for me, most all the time, I'd rather just cruise through life. And it's, I've learned that we are a people of faith, and faith attracts problems, attracts pressure, attracts tribulation. And God's fine with it because he knows his faith that he gives us in his word and by his spirit will, will not only thrive in the pressure, it will overtake the pressure and will bring a great victory. Amen? So we're in a moment where that's just happening. For Jacob, it found, meant that he found out, first he thought, well, I've got favor all over me. Now I'm going to check in with my brother. And he finds out his brother's on his way, 400 men with him to kill him. 400 times his problem had grown over 20 years. And some of our problems have a way of just keep growing over time. And then God comes up in the day and he says, it's time to undo the problem. It's time to release the blessing. It's time to bring about the victory and trying to make a great thing happen. But it usually is on the heels of something really bad being over our heads, fear over our lives, threat of our safety. And we have to then do everything we know to do. Jacob divides his company and says, okay, I've got a large assets. I'm going to put half of it in stocks and half of it into real estate or something like that. If I lose it all half here, I'll, I'll keep it there. So he's thinking, I will, uh, he prays a really good prayer. I'm only on the, here coming back because you told me to come back. And you told me if I came back, you'd take care of me. Very good prayer. Very, very good prayer. Then he comes up with a, a leading that he should take and send gifts to his brother. Uh, everybody likes gifts. And the Bible says the gift in secret can pacify a lot of wrath. So maybe I can give him enough gifts that he will look favorably to me. So he set, gives him five humongous gifts of five different animals, from camels and lamb or sheep and goats uh, and uh, donkeys and uh, cattle. So then he puts his family across the brook, and he's alone with God. And this is the key of, I believe, for Jacob at this moment. He hadn't been alone probably for 20 years, right? <laughs> when you get five, four wives and 11 sons and a bunch of daughters and strife in between everyone, you're probably always being swept into something. He's alone. Why is he alone? Because every one of us will determine at some point in life that the only person that can help me and is my help is God. And you'll put everything else that you can. You'll do what all you know to do, but then you know that's not enough. So he finds himself being wrestled by a man. I believe the man was our Lord Jesus, pre-incarnate. Hosea calls it him an angel. In any case, after the, after the experience, he says, I saw God face to face and I lived. So it's, you see, he's now being interceded. The angel, they're meeting him. He's not the one initiating the experience. He's just the one now engaged in it. And he's uh, got a hold of God. And God's got a hold of him more so. But he's not going to let go of the Lord. What I believe that I... That, the Lord's wanting for us to understand, or for me, is there's going to be a lot of discouragement to try to get you to let go of God or Jesus in this moment. But you're supposed to not let go of him no matter what. Because he has the words of eternal life, because he is the healer, because he has a way of discouraging us to try to de determine. And I use the word discouragement, and God used the word of resistance to me. He said, I don't discourage people. I resist them, <laughs> which sounds worse. But, and I said, well, why would you resist your, your own people? He says, because I don't receive pride. And wherever pride is, I will resist it. He said, well, I don't know where my pride is. He says, well, just look what's not working. And dig a little bit, and you'll probably find pride there. 
your soul's engaged, you think you have a right, you blah, 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 blah. So I've been learning not to argue with injustice when it comes to God. There's nothing unjust about him. He is uh, blameless when he speaks and just when he judges. So when he's got to allow some circumstances to get my attention, it's not because he is deserting me. It's actually he's encroaching upon me. Does that make sense? Is that okay? I, I'm, I, I just need to tell you the truth. I don't have, we don't have enough time anymore to flatter the body of Jesus and say we're going to all be cool. God's going to be great. And uh, we're about to all get tickets on a cruise. This is, we're about to break into a kingdom dynamic that the, the apostles said to the uh, church, you're going to have to go through much tribulation to get to that kingdom dynamic. Paul said, whenever, I guess I can't move today. Whenever a door opens, there's a devil there because he's there to guard the door from us entering through or to resist us as we try to press through. And so the, the pride element's the key. We always have to humble ourselves if we're going to go through that door because we have to submit to God, then we resist the devil, then he flees from us. But it begins with humility, and it finishes with humility. So Jacob's in this engagement, and the day's breaking, the morning's about to dawn, and he goes, I won't let you go. And, and the man is saying, let me go. The day's breaking. He says, I won't let you go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, those kinds of moments, they come through super honesty of the heart, humility, and like a tenacity that says, you know, I can't let you go because you're the only place I got to go. I go, where do I go from here? And so the Lord's interrupting Jacob. He doesn't want him to show up and see Esau as Jacob. He's no longer a Jacob. He just doesn't yet fully, hasn't had the, the, the crowning statement over his life. So the Lord says, the, the man wrestling, what's your name? He says, well, my name's Jacob, which he understood to mean I'm a heel, heel grabber. I'm a surplanter. I took the place my brother had. I took his birthright. I stole his blessing. And I'm in a mess of, mess of life right now. But he says, no, you're not Jacob anymore. He says, for as a prince has power with God. That's a literal, uh, as you struggle with God. But he says, as a prince with power, with God and with men, you have prevailed. You have come to the other side. You have gained the victory. You have triumphed in this conquest. Even though he's hips out of socket, he is not, he's getting a blessing, but it's initiated by a name change. When that happened to him, he wakes, he gets up and he says, this is, this is Paran, this is the face of God. I've seen the face of God and live. And he now knows that because he's on the other side, he's got a totally different outcome ahead of him. We used to call it in the charismatic and the Pentecostals. We used to say there's a time in prayer when you know you got the answer and you no longer need to ask another word. It's a witness. It's a peace. It's a joy. It's confidence. It's assurance. It's not because someone else gave it to you. You got it, and you know you have it. That's what we want to talk about today. That thing that gives you the victory or me the victory when I'm being pressed against the reason, all reason to give up. So he hobbles across the, uh, the, the brook, holding his staff. And on the other side, the sun begins to rise over his head. And there comes Esau. And Esau now comes in total uh, remembrance of love and returning into relationship. It was beautiful. But Jacob isn't supposed to go home and live at Mount Seir. He has a future that's to continue what God gave the promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. Now he has to walk that journey out. So he says very kindly, it's a beautiful picture of reconciliation to family members. There are family members you'll reconcile with that you'll be back at peace with, but you'll no longer partner with them because you're going two different directions. And you can't partner with the opposite direction or you get back into control. You try to make them become like you. They try to make you become like them. So he just said, hey, we're cool. This is wonderful. And his life continues into lots and lots of uh, challenges. The thing that 
struck me this week, and while I was waiting on the Lord for us, I felt the Lord say, what Jacob accomplished at that crisis was the, the, the door that opened him into, his, into the blessing, and blessing is important. Without the blessing, you can have a promise fulfilled, but it doesn't have the, the richness of the blessing. Uh, Moses knew that. We said that last week. Moses said to God, you, you've promised to take us into the land, give us everything you promised, but if your presence doesn't go, I don't want to go. I won't go. And so I was thinking about a few people. I thought of the Shulamite. Anybody? No, not, not the, the Syrophoenician woman. Do you remember her name? Syrophoenician. She's a Greek, and she's distressed, and her daughter is demonized. And she comes and breaks into Jesus' entourage and says, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter severely demon-tormented. And nobody answers her, uh, which sometimes is quite discouraging, wouldn't you say? But it's actually resisting. He's resisting. It's a presumptuous prayer. She's not a Jew. She's not got a hit covenant. She has no experience. She's just playing the words. See, I never know who I really am until the Lord says, go for it. How's it working for you? You ready to ask a different, you know, or, or, or oh, it's, it's not going to happen. Just leave it alone. Okay, I'll leave it alone. It won't happen. There's like a, it's like a funny thing, cause, but she's not like that. She's got a need that's pressing on her, and she knows of someone who can answer the need. His name is Jesus, so she keeps bothering them. And finally, the disciples are the one to go to Jesus and say, you know, Lord, please tell her to go. She's really, she's irritating everything. She's, um, she, and then so Jesus turns and says, it's, um, I was sent to the, Lost tribe of Israel. Not so. I'm not. I'm not here for you. And Jesus. Oh, then she falls down and worships. Just. I'm not going, and I have no no right, and I have no claim, and I don't even know how to get there. But I'm not going. And finally, he says, "It's not right." Do you understand? It's not for. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now I don't know about you, but. If that was an American mother, unless she was sorely distressed by a daughter's distress, she would take offense. You calling me a dog? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to report that somewhere because I know somebody will want to hear that that is not an appropriate <laughs> statement to call anybody a dog. Jesus isn't trying to demean her. He's trying to get her into faith. He's trying to press her past presumption, to move her past uh, the reason to just, just, just to stop again and to let it keep going. She said, Lord, that may be true, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And then Jesus said, woman, for this statement, your daughter is healed. She'd made a bunch of statements before. She called him the son of David and for the blessing to come. She'd worshipped him. Have mercy on me. But it wasn't until, in a way, maybe he got her mad. Maybe he bumped her out of a religious mindset and said, no, I don't really care. If, I don't, I'm not asking to sit at the table and eat dinner. But I tell you, you've got enough power to deliver my daughter with a crumb of faith that I'm just let it release it. Do you understand? There's something that's, there's something that's, something that's got to break through our unbelief. Unbelief is a mindset that refuses to believe what God has said is, is, is available and accessible and is functioning. And it makes us kind of surrender and succumb. There was a group of people, they were called disciples. It was the, the, the one-year anniversary or eve, one-year eve of, it was a Passover and it was one year until he would be sacrificed as the Passover. So he's very conscious. He feeds him a multitude. The multitude returned the next day and said, he has to say to them something. You see, I, can I just, I should just read this couple of statements because they always sound better when God tells me them. Uh, 
Oh, Lord, you have so much to say. There's this, where was that picture? Oh, Lord, that's good. I wish you guys could have this. Oh, wow. Jesus is not here to embrace what I believe and confirm it. Just take a moment, understand this. The Son of, the Son of Man believed the Father, that his sacrifice was the obedience to the Father, and that the Father would deliver him out of death. And having done so, became sin for all of us and was raised from the dead. The faith that he walked in is the faith he's calling us into, not a faith less than that. So he is not here to uh, embrace what I believe and confirm it. He is here, and please don't take offense on this, to confront what I believe and transform me. He's after transformation. And if I'm in the way, he's got to go through me to get me out of the way, meaning he has to get me to yield. If I don't yield, I can persist in a belief that's erroneous or lacking the, 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 what needs to be the focus on. So he says, I am here, I am here to agree and to submit to him. So when Jesus starts interceding for Steve, he starts interrupting Steve's life. He starts intersecting into Steve's beliefs. He starts doing intervention into Steve's path. And it's not to try to get me to do the right thing. It's to try to get me to re-embrace in him. He is the way. There is no other way. He is the truth, and there is no other truth, and he is life, and there is no other life. So it's like, come, return to me, Steve. That's what we, we said. This is a return to your inheritance. But to return to your inheritance without the blessing of God resting on your life, it means you just, we're returning to another systems of beliefs or maps or something. But he's returning. He says, all right. So he's interrupting. So these guys show up, the disciples who've been fed, and he says, you're only here today because you got a free dinner and now you want a free lunch. You're looking to the possibility of what I could be for you in the natural. And I don't want to be here for the natural because that's temporary. You need to now labor for the supernatural, the eternal. And they're saying, well, what do we got to do? And he says, you got to believe in me. I'm the one who's been sent. Now, if they would have said, wow, Please, help me. I want to. I really want to. Help me. I, I want to. He, he would have started right there to lead them into an encounter with his life and promise. But instead, they offended. They got offended, so they said, well, what kind of sign are you going to show us? Moses gave us bread from the heavens. And he said, well, no, Moses didn't give you any bread from heaven. My father gave you bread. But since we're talking about bread, that bread they ate and they're dead. But the bread that now has come is eternal life. And now they're offended even more. Wow, wow, where are you getting this bread? I am the bread. I am the bread. If you eat me, you will not die. You will not perish. I am, if you drink my blood, you will live. And I will raise you from the dead. And this is just getting them so upset. I don't know. Have you ever been in a, in a place where you're just getting more upset by what someone's saying, not more? You see, sometimes we have to get upset first before we can come back into faith. We have to get challenged. I rem Do you understand? If, if, if I am where I am and all, where I am is all there is, I think it's miserable. There is so much more of our God, so much more of enjoyment, and pleasure, and healing, and deliverance, and salvation, and triumph, and joy. And I was singing while we were worshiping. I was so enjoying our worship, and I'm bouncing up and down, and I'm going, I can't, I'm going to do this till I leave. I have no plan to retire from worship 
engagement, activation, and breaking forth the ancient wells. So what happens is they get to the point where he says, no, if you don't eat my body, don't drink my blood, you have no life in you. They're going, this is really difficult. They, they, they go through three steps to he, to, as he loses his disciples. First off is they begin to murmur to one another. What's he talking about? Eating bread. Most of, the, most of America is just murmuring. It's not interceding. We're just murmuring. I can't believe this. I can't believe anything. They complained. Then they quarreled, which in the King James said they warred with his words. I can't. No, 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 no. That's, and they then among themselves, and then they were offended. Offense is an interesting thing. And the most offensive person I know, don't, don't shoot me down, is Jesus Christ. And by his own words. He, but we'll get to there, Lord willing. So they, they offended. So he, he says, what did they do? They backed away. They said, you know what? I don't know how to keep up with you. See, he's not discouraging them. He's resisting them. Their pride, their sense of self-righteousness. You've got to submit to me. You're the Messiah came to serve me. You're the one that's supposed to be fit conforming to my belief system. You're not supposed to be introducing thoughts that I haven't thought before. So they back off. So he loses large population of his disciples. And he turns to the 12. Evidently, it was a big portion of the population. You guys want to leave too? And they said, well, Peter says, well, where would we go? This is so important. Once you have Jesus, you have no other place to go. I have no other place to go. I just haven't found a way to unlock what he has for me. But I'm not going to let him go until he does. That's the picture of prayer for today. I don't know how to get out of my addiction, but you're the power to get me out of my addiction. So I'm going to show up every day, hold you and say, hi, I'm the addict that needs your deliverance. You're my deliverer, so I'm not an addict. So I love you until this thing manifests. And if you fall the, the day, the next thing you don't fall into shame, and go, I just think it's too hard. I'm going to give up. That's just, no, I'm coming up. I'm accepted in the beloved. The blood, the blood washes away all the memory and all of the stain and all of the shame of what I just went through. And I'm accessing the place in heaven. And I'm standing here. And yes, yes, you are my salvation. I praise you. I praise you. That's prayer. That's prayer. Any case, Peter says, where would we go? Where would we go? One of the things that Jacob's going to do in the next few days He's going to get rid of all the idols in his house. Because there comes a time in life we realize only God can be my deliverer. And I'm not going to have plan B, plan C, plan D. So Jake, he's, Peter says, where would we go? Where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. He just lost a massive group of his disciples through the words of eternal life. He was speaking the words of eternal life. He says, the words I speak are spirit and they are life. The flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. We will all be given the opportunity to believe that. You may not, I, I promise you, I never liked the opportunity. Whenever I'm in the opportunity to believe that he has the words of eternal life. Whenever I have the opportunity to believe that, it's usually because I'm facing a cannon facing an impossible situation, and I have to make a decision. I'm going to go with your, what you're saying to me, and I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. I'm going to worship you in the way you're asking me to. I'm going to agree with what you're saying. I'm going to accept you are sufficient. I'm going to engage, and now that I'm engaged, I'm not, and it will not let go. You cannot try to discourage me, because you, you may resist me, but I still won't let go of you. You can give me a regular mic. That's...
<laughs> All right. Note to whoever, let's fix that by Wednesday, please. Not you, Eric. You, you just stay here all day and fix it, and it will be fine. <clears throat> he said, then we've, we've come to believe you're the Savior. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Words first, person second. Words first, person second. Your name's no longer Jacob. You're a prince with power, with God and man, and you've prevailed. You're Israel. We all have faith, but it isn't always enough in the manner in which we believe it to be. There were two sisters who loved Jesus with all their heart. They were the entourage of friendship. Martha, Mary, and um, Lazarus. Lazarus got sick, their brother. They sent word to their Jesus, their friend. And they said, your friend, Lazarus, is sick. Come and heal him. And the Bible says... Jesus loved Lazarus, John 11. Then it says he stayed three days longer, or, and then finally he goes up and Lazarus is dead. The faith that the sisters had was for healing, but not for resurrection. But Jesus didn't come for their faith. He also came for the glory of God. He said this sickness isn't just for, 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 it is for the glory of God. And so Martha and Mary both are in grief and full of accusation. They, they approach it the same way they do in life. Martha's, you know, bossy, blaming him. You should have been here. We could have had this all dealt with. Mary's on her face, weeping, crying, emotional, but saying the same thing. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here. So two of the closest friends accuse Jesus of failing to meet their expectation. And Jesus has to press through all that unbelief. You know, there's not a bit of faith in that room. So it's possible. It's not, it's not even possible. It's probable that my faith that is in the moment is not enough for where I'm going to go. And if I don't have the beans, if I'm not being brought into that faith because, of, because in the word and in spirit, I've got to get a hold of the one who has the faith. His name is Jesus. It's his faith that we have. It's his faith. But his faith is his faith, not my faith. I'm saved by grace through faith. Not, not of myself. It's the gift of God. So the faith is the gift of God. Yes, it comes through the word of God. Yes, it comes as by the Holy Spirit. But the faith that I need is Jesus' faith. There's not multiple faiths. We, we, there's not multiple faiths in the earth. There's one faith that gets you saved, gets you healed, gets you delivered. It's Jesus' faith. And his faith goes to the point that says, even if I die and am to die and I accept that death is in front of me, you'll call me out of it. You'll call me out of it. And I'm going to walk through it. And I'm going to anticipate you pulling me up and calling me out. So what I'm wanting to say is what, where are we stopped? Where are, you, where are we stopped? It's, it's totally good to know where you're stopped. I'm stopped because of finances. I'm stopped because of health. I'm stopped because of relationships. I'm stopped because of... of of, of this depression, this discouragement. I don't know what to do with it. I'm, I'm stopped. Well, many times the first thing we do when we're stopped is we have to learn to find God and rest and be content and trust and return and process. But then there comes a place where you know that I'm going to stay here and I won't change unless God does something for the change and he's the one who has the change. And Jesus Christ, you're the one with the power. And you're the means. And you're the blessing. And so now I'm going to hold on to you. I keep hearing him say, don't let me go. Do not let me go. Whatever you, whatever's happening, don't, the one thing you have, we have to do is not let you go. And yet 
we, uh, we see it again and again through the scriptures and through Jesus' life. There's so many pressures that are uh, on people that push them out of their way and discourage, and, they don't, and we, we give up. And even if we do give up, we can return. But what we're returning to is not like a second chance. We're returning to the one chance, Jesus. We're returning to the way, the truth, and the life. So we'll close with this. Where are you stuck? I'm not going to, we don't need to fill it out. You're not going to tell anybody else. Where are you stuck? You've got to have some words. Jacob says, I've got a real issue with my brother, and he's about to kill me, and I need your help. And I'm afraid. He's on, and if you don't, he's going to come and kill my, the, the mothers and the children. He's going to slaughter the whole group. That's where, he, that's where he's stuck. Now, Jesus interrupts, intercepts, intercedes, and steps in and says, <clears throat> I don't know what he was doing. We don't even have a conversation. But he was resisting. He was wrestling. He was vaporizing him. But Jacob now is in a place where he's made a connection. And once you make a connection, never let it go. Once you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit interrupting your life with the word of God and the truth of God, do not do anything but embrace that. If it's a burning coal from the altar in heaven, come and kiss it. There is no other way. We're not in a world that we were five years ago. Or 50 years ago. We're in a world that's fast deteriorating for the glory of God to quickly mature and, and bring forth a matured church. So things that may have been fine for 20 years, now all of a sudden they're amplified 400 times. And there's no going, this, we have to just press through. Lord, I'm not letting you go. I mean, it's my prayer. I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting go till you fully bless me. Till you fully bless me. I'm not in it looking for an event. I'm looking for a new movement of God in my life. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go till you heal me. I will not deny that you have healed me. I will acknowledge that your word is truth about healing over me. I will have a hope in my expectation to see myself fully healed in that place of promise that you've given me. I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until you bring me into my future. And to the purpose for which I was created in Christ before time began, I want to fulfill my calling. I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go until the promises you've spoken to me concerning my family are fulfilled, and I'm going to acknowledge what you've told me to hold you in a way you told me to hold you, and I'm going to stay in agreement with that, but I'm not letting you go. It's not enough for you to tell me it's all done. I'm going to hold on to you till it's all done. See, there, there's a tenacity and then when the Lord says to you, go home, it's done. You get up and you go home. And you find your daughter free from the demon. And you find your, your servant healed from his sickness. Because God presses through. And if we are not getting access that we need, that's the last thing. you got to press through. Press through the crowd. Don't go somewhere other than God and his word and the spirit and meal and find your place of prayer and say, we have got a real issue. Now, if you're fine with me staying here the rest of my life, then don't give me promises about somewhere else in my life. But since you've given me promises somewhere else, I can't get there on my own. So I'm now here on purpose because I really don't have any other place to go. I tried this. I tried that. I tried this. I tried that. Then if it worked, I look back. It was all pride, all self-reliance, all self-exaltation, all self for me, self, self, self. So, of course, it didn't work. But now that we got some of that out of the way, I'm here. And when you talk to God, you talk to God. You don't talk to an imaginary friend. I'm here, and you see him. And you see him, if you don't know how to see him, get inside of Jesus Christ because he's accepted in there. You behold him, and you stand there, and you go, okay, I'm here. See, the, 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 there's stuff inside of us that's got to break open. We are the ones that God is waiting on, not God. We're not waiting for God. 
It's going to dawn on us. Maybe one of us here, one over there, one over here. One over, you know, wait a minute. There's no reason that we should be hiding in caves right now. God can heal by, you know, heal, save by a few, save by many. We'll just go and let's just go advance. Or maybe we're sitting outside the gate and we're just dying because we're already ostracized as lepers. But now the inside, everything's going to hoot. So we said, why don't we just go and just go off in this direction, see what happens. Or we're like Caleb going, you know, I, I had a report about a land and I had a good report. And God said that land I saw I would have. 45 years later now, I'm not any older. I'm 45 years older, but I am as strong as I was. My eyesight's still good. And I'd like that mountain with the giants on. I want the mountain with the giants. And maybe God will give it to me. See, faith is not a calculated design by law. It's an it's a abandonment to the, into trust in the love of God and his willingness. And that's why the reduction goes through so long. That's why the reduction so long. That's why Jacob had to not have one wife. He had to have four wives. And he had to have 12 sons. And he had to have a rebellious... It just God's got a bigger plan than the plan you're in. And the life I'm in is a life he, God designed for me to, confront, to be confronted by me until I got a hold of him. And the more I get a hold of him, the more he can pull me in. I am convinced in this room online, there are miracles that are needed in the earth today that once you break through and pull that thing into a reality in your life, it will multiply. I believe there's comfort that the earth needs that once you break through your testing and trial past the point of death and instead receive the consolation, comfort, and blessing of God that you better give it away. When you break through that, all of this happened and nothing's ever worked since then. And say, wait a minute. So if it, so it, it did happen and it, nothing has worked since then. But God's still God. He's still good. Jesus is still Lord. I'm going to get a hold of this God who's good and I'm going to advance with him. I'm going to listen. He'll tell us to do things. Always be ready to do something you've never done. Because most likely what you've done isn't working. And it's faith. He's going to say, I want you to go back to your, I want you to go back to your family. Ah. <laughs> Where are you stuck? What's not working? I mean, really, be honest. I, I could tell you a list of things that haven't yet come to pass. And the more the promise, the more the problems. If you have a lot of promise, I promise you, you have a lot of problems. Because promises have to attract problems because problems have to put pressure on the promise so that it puts us into a pursuit of Jesus. Once we get Jesus on the higher level, we break through the problem. But the promise isn't a promise that isn't going to be, you know, charged, challenged. Seriously, there's things that you're carrying. I'm carrying. And God isn't going to let us just retire in, when he wants to release something. He wants to break open the fountains. He wants to unlock the... And, and, and yet, it's not... It's, it's just you. It's just you. It's you alone. It's me alone. And then it's us together. And then we begin to, we, we begin to pull. You, you press through the crowd. You're the woman with an issue. 12 years. Press through the crowd. Don't go more places to get help. Press through the crowd. Come up with a plan. God, if I, if I just touch you, because all I need is a crumb, if I just make a contact, I'll be well. Press through until you touch him, and then you can't retreat and back to your own comfort of your home. You're going to be called out. What happened? Who touched me? And they'll say, who do you mean touch you? Everybody's touching you. Jesus will say, no, 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 no. Someone pulled power out of me. You mean the power of God can come out of Jesus without him acknowledging it? Or, excuse me, authorizing it? Certainly. So, Paul, push through, then pull out. Push through, then pull out. Push through, make contact, and then pull. We're going to do that right now. The Bible says in Romans 8 that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if he dwells in our mortal body, he will make alive, quicken alive our mortal body. 
How many could use a quickening? Okay. How many have promises that are yet to be fulfilled? How many have more problems than promises? Right, right. You do. They just press against us. How many of us are, how many of us are being threatened, tormented, afflicted? How many don't sleep well? All that stuff is against us to cause us to stop. Satan's plan, he's, he's very clear about it. I'll put so much pressure on you that you'll curse God and wish you could die. And Paul said that's exactly what we did. We didn't curse God, but we wanted to die. But then we had a sentence of death in ourselves, so we would learn to not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises from the dead. So we won. The devil lost. We won. The devil wasn't able. And that's that press through, press through. So please stand with me, please. Beloved, I love you, and I see over us words of life, words of future, words of hope, words of healing, deliverance, miracles. But I see at the same time, like, the cocoon that gets the chrysalis that gets around the metamorphosis process that we have to break through and say, no, I'm not staying here. I'm going all the way and I'm going to experience Jesus Christ in his salvation in its uttermost. I'm going to experience Jesus Christ in his peace that passes all understanding that can let me sleep in the middle of a storm. I'm experience Jesus Christ healing as he was called out of the abyss and his body was made well, I am called out of my abyss and the Spirit of God raises my body and makes it well. Go ahead right now. Just receive. But not passive. Pull. You know what you need? I know what I need. And if you don't know what you need, all we have to say is, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. <laughs> I'm not letting you go until you bless me because I need a blessing right now. I need a blessing. I need a blessing. And a blessing will turn into finances. A blessing will turn into a healing. A blessing will turn into a relational miracle. A blessing will turn into an opportunity. Yes, Lord. Let's pull. Converse. Listen. The Lord's here. Go ahead. Pull for a minute, please. We're not little babies sitting in an egg in a little tree with a mother chewing up the worms and spitting them in our mouth. No, it's we're pulling. Pull. I'm not leaving until you release that blessing in my life. I'm not leaving and letting go of you until we've come out of this into the fullness of what God has. I may have to long, patiently wait and endure, but I will endure with an expectancy. I will anticipate. I will look forward every day. This will be the day the miracle arrives. This is the day the victory comes. I'm not disengaged because of the pressure. I will continue to press into the engagement until the victory. Come on, come on. This is our God. This is what he wants us to do right now. Let the 
anyone who needs that healing, you know God's, you've got to get health in your body. You've got to be. Lift up your hands and I want us to pull agreement with Jesus. I say this, I say to the Lord, Father, you say with me, Father, Father. I thank you for the resurrection of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Holy Spirit. Living inside of me. Living inside of me. And I declare. I declare. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Give life. Give life. To my mortal body. To my mortal body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mortal body. Receive life. By the Holy Spirit. Dwelling in me. In Jesus' name, I receive, I receive, I receive, pull, 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 pull. Fear has to leave, pain has to go, darkness retreat, heaven. Fear has to leave, pain has to go, darkness retreat, heaven. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord yeah. Now, who, and I would imagine all of us, are suffering mental pressure, emotional pressure. Weariness that has resulted over long exposure to trauma, PTSD, all over the place. Now, we're not going to so much receive, now we're going to expel. We're going to expel the pressure from us. We're going to expel the lies that are building in our mind. We're going to throw out the ugly emotions and receive the Father's beautiful emotions in the sun of righteousness, peace, and joy. Yes, God. Yes, God. So together, let's say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. My Lord. My Lord. My Savior. My deliverer. My deliverer. And in the name of Jesus. I command, I command that lie that, lie that says you're not enough. That says you're not enough. That I should fear. That I should fear or worry or, worry or, anticipate, or anticipate bad things. Bad things. Instead, instead, I receive, receive expectancy, expectancy of mercy. Mercy. So in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Torment leave. Torment leave. Oppression, go! Fear, leave! Depression, go! In Jesus' name, I receive, I receive mercy, peace. breakthrough my breakthrough okay now sometimes you get a little naked when you let go of things you've known so long depression discouragement anxieties they become like they're not our friends for sure but we've known them so long we're somewhat comfortable with their torment we're used to it we, and so all of a sudden we say, go, oppression, go, fear, go. Now, like little children, and this is what happened for Jacob, we need to receive the new garments. Garments of praise to replace the depression. Oil of joy to get rid of the ashes and mourning. Oh, and beauty, beauty. We made beautiful again where we have been nothing but ashes. Hold up your hands and now pull on it, receive. Lord, I want to be clothed. 
That's what you told me today. He said, I want to clothe you with white garments so the shame of your nakedness will not be seen. I want to give you gold that I've tested in the fire. And I want to give eye salve that you can see. We receive. We're pulling it. Garment of praise. Garment of praise. Garment of praise. Garment of praise. I receive you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Joy, I receive you. Strength that comes in joy. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Praise you. Go ahead. We're getting it. Glory and your power. Let your majesty and last thing it's the most important of everything it's everything we've talked about all day and it's what's happening in an expression but it's about the man take hold of Jesus grab him don't let him go right now if that seems like presumptuous it isn't at all he welcomes faith to lay hold of him father said through the Apostle John in chapter 5 of 1st John he said he has the son has life the word has means to hold to have and to hold I'm holding you Jesus you're my life you're my joy there's not anything 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 that is not resolved in Christ Christ is the resolution of everything life itself he's eternal life whoa grab him grab him. You use your mouth to grab him. I declare you're my God. You're my Lord. I receive the testimony. You're resurrected. You're my intercessor. You're my high priest. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. You're my joy. You're my peace. You're my praise. You're my victory. You're my hope. You're my faith. You're my love. You're everything. You're my Jesus. I will not let you go. I will not let you go, Jesus. You're my Jesus. I will not let you go. You are mine and I am yours. You are mine, and I am yours, and you are mine, and I am yours, and I'm not letting you go. Now come, just stay here in this posture every day. Pull, pull, pull until you're full 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 and at some point things will change and you'll know they're going to change first sign is you don't care if they change you know they've changed yeah. Yeah. you don't need to see them change because they already did change yeah. you won't even be worried about them anymore because you've already touched the promise invisibly the blessing the victory the triumph oh I see it. <laughs> yeah. And then the, 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 there's going to be breakouts, breakthroughs. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. We're not going to be waiting for someone else to do it for us. We're the ones receiving it and giving it away. Dear Heavenly Father, I love our body. We are a precious, peculiar, eclectic gathering of tribe of yours from heaven that have been placed on this earth given great and exceeding precious promises that these will bring forth what you have ordained and promised the son to see and now lord we're back we're back and we've got the son we're not letting go we're not letting go of the son we're not letting go of the son because you have everything we need and we're going to be blessed and we are a blessed people because our blessing is in the sun. And we're going to rejoice because we're a joy-filled people because joy is in the sun. We declare now, Lord, that we're not leaving you. You have the words of eternal life, Jesus. You have everything. 
Can you feel that? Can you, you're in that, right? We're here. We're here. Miracles are breaking out. Miracles are breaking forth. Miracles are coming forth. Power is being released because God of the power from heavenly realms of glory through the Holy Spirit communicates power into our inner man to make us uh, 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 have Christ dwelling in our heart by faith. That's all unseen. But then all the other... Yeah, 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 sure, yes, there. Come on Wednesday, join us in strong praise, strong intercession. Let Get ready for Jesus' intersection, interceptions, interventions in your life. And don't argue with them, just say, yes, you're right. I agree. I receive. But I'm not letting you go. Let's take this thing to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Let's come to the victory. In Jesus' name, say amen or I'm not going to stop. Amen.